If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr., and I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. Here we go, starting... Five, right. three, two, go. Steve, how's it going, man? Going good. <laughs> you got a big smile on your face, and I think I know why. Why is that? We are overdue for a good old episode of Big you Dummy. Big Dummy. Hit that for me one more time, B. Oh, no, you big dummy. You got to set the stage for this one. I have to? Yeah, you, gotta, you sent me the video. Okay. Which one are we doing? Because there's several dummies in the world right now. Let's talk about the one from the San Diego Zoo. Oh! Here we go. So, all right, people. You know, usually pay your money uh, post, pre, whatever pandemic party you Mm want to be on. But it's pretty standard. You pay your money, you go to the zoo. Now, most people, but every so often, some dumb person <laughs> decides they want to test animals. Yeah. So have those, you ever thought about testing the animals? Uh that would be a big no for me. Okay. No, pretty much when it says do not feed the animals, do not enter whatever, I, I pretty much follow those rules. Why? Uh first off is because my mama told me to. Okay. So that's kind of that's pretty much the, the you know, what I live by. Not everybody listens to their mama, but continue. Oh Maybe for you, but for me, I just kind of, I, I just kind of learned those rules where, like, hey, if it, if that says do not touch, do not feed, I mean, I just don't push those kind of boundaries. I, okay. I, I really can't. Uh, in this particular story, where uh, a man was arrested at the San Diego Zoo, he took his two-year-old um, girl 
past the fence, past where it says do not no, enter no, no. the animals. He didn't take it past. He climbed into the exhibit. What exhibit? Went beyond, went beyond the boundaries of the uh, elephant exhibit. Yes. With live, I think it was Asian and, and African elephants. Yeah, Asian and African elephants. Um, endangering his two-year-old daughter. So bypassing multiple barriers, including an electric fence, mm. police told the station KGTV. Police told the station the man allegedly wanted to take a photo with the Asian and African elephants. Yeah, he took a selfie holding his child. Afterwards, a witness told uh, ABC 10 that she was grateful to see the man and the girl successfully escape without in any injuries. But the man appeared to drop his child as he attempted to get away from the elephant. After the elephant started charging at the both of them. Because he was hitting up the deuces holding his baby so he wanted to get a selfie. And of all the things that you drop at that moment, he dropped the child. Well, he kind of, I saw the video, he dropped the child trying to get through mm -hmm. the electrical fence so he doesn't get shocked and dropped her butt off. Don't be an apologist for this behavior. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just setting it up like, I'm just really just setting it up. I'm just, uh -huh. I watched the video several times and... You know, the sad part was, is I was, it, I didn't find it funny or amusing. At all, yeah. What's sad is, like, we're at the place where we want to get inside of the cage to take a picture for what? Likes? Comments? And and those boundaries are there for a reason. And I yeah. get we're kind of in a day and age where people know. people 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 push boundaries, right? People yeah, people I, don't I, always follow rules. And that's true. While I may not agree, I I see it. But okay. in this situation, these barriers are there. I, I don't know for a reason. If there's a barrier preceded by an electric fence, you may not want to go past said fence, especially not with your child. Exactly. The one one uh, tweet did show, and, and it reads, "This dumbass baby daddy." <laughs> <laughs> takes picture with elephant. But what's crazy though is we're starting to see this more and more, where people are willing to just get the like. Mm -hmm. And willing to risk themselves and, now, and others. And also and endangering others. their child. Yeah. No, what's crazy? And then he gets arrested. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. But I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like, but here's the worst part, though. The worst part is that this father's growing up, raising this child, who now this is the example of protection? Yes. So. It's a whack-ass example, if man, I'm being real. That's, I saw that, and I was like, oh, man. And like they had to tell him, like, hey, there's an elephant. Yeah. And that's more than anything. You had to do, like, it wasn't just, all right, I'm just going to hop this little wire fence, or I'm just going to, I'll just go mosey through this gate. Like, you had to go past the gate, then past the electrical fence, then you drop the child. Like, man, how dumb can you be? You big cold-blooded dummy. Super dumb. Yeah. But they just keep rolling in. Every time I see something like this, I'm like, how much more stupider can people get? And then there's yet another video. I'm not kidding you. You're a big dummy. <laughs> there's always. And it's sad. And, 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 and not to make fun of it, but you also, 
it's more just kind of really saying like how stupid people are mm -hmm. and where we're at right now that people want to get that stuff yeah. on video or on picture. So sad indictment. Sad indictment. But congratulations. You bigger dummy than my dummy. <laughs> that's a good one. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> Shout out Red Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So hey, who we got? Coming up on the Cut to It podcast, we've got Jill Montgomery, a current broadcaster with ESPN. She's also the CEO of Four Leaf Productions and a former USA track and field star. Jill Montgomery on the Cut to It podcast. Mm. You hear? That's my was it black Irish walkout music. Well, that's, not, that's, that's not like it should be a WWE like you should be a black Irish the, the black Irishman. That's your WWE name. The elbow, <laughs> right? Or the, the or the three stooges. Right oh, that's that's, that, that's going to get your ass pinned. <laughs> three, two, one. All right. Well, we have a. I want to say fan favorite, but it's really a, a personal friend of mine and also someone um, who only the very few people who walk this earth who are allowed to talk to me in the way that she talks to me. Hmm. My coach, my mentor, and also um, good friend, Jill Montgomery. Jill welcome, Jill, welcome to the Cut to a Podcast. Thank you so much. I've been waiting for this day. Mm, mm. We've never had someone who anticipated coming on like you this. You have They oh. anticipate nine all the time. Oh, no one ever verbalized it. So let's go. Shade in 2021. Hey, you got to keep you on your toes, man. Yep. Uh, Jill, our first segment is called Get Iced Up. You may have heard of it if you listen to our podcast. It is our version of icebreakers. They're random questions Smitty has selected. Might be a follow-up, might not. Who knows? Smitty, go ahead and give her the first one. Well, Jill, on this podcast, in my world, I can ask you a double-barrel question, so I don't want to... <laughs> Do you want to preface to everybody what, why you said that, though? So a double-barrel question is, in, um, in journalism, is when you ask more than one question mm -hmm. in the question, which my... Coach and mentor tells me when you ask two questions or some people ask three questions oh, yeah. in one, they never answer either one. Sometimes they never answer you don't know one to go. because you forget the first question yeah. by the second one and you forget the second one at the third one. Yeah. Exactly. That's a double barrel or triple barrel. On this because this is this is your show. This is this isn't a session with me where we're making you better on the NFL Network. This is all. This is no holds barred. You do what you want. I'm game. Yeah, but I do have fun with it. However, I still am practicing all of my notes that I still have. I love that. All right, let's go. I don't have to. S T F U. <laughs> okay, you don't have to STFU. All right. Which she tells me, Steve, shut the and let that's yeah, NSFW if yeah. you say it out. Yeah. <laughs> and let, let your sit down person answer the question. Don't be super excited. So yeah. that's why. All right, here we go. Are you ready, Jill? I am ready. Okay, here we go. What do you want to leave in 2020? Everything. <laughs> I'm taking anything. Everything. <laughs> Nothing. Everything. 
not your bank account, not your savings. You just want to leave all of all. Huh? I mean, I'll keep my bank account, but I, I want to leave. I want to leave the negativity, the 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 division, the people becoming puppets and sheep. I want to leave all of that in 2020. I, I want people to reinvent and find faith in 21. I want I want all the negativity and everything that that encompassed 2020 to stay the hell there. I hear you. I love that answer. I like that answer too. <clears throat> all right. If you had to ride a amusement park ride 20 times in a row, let's say Disney World. Oof. Space Mountain, Small World, or the teapot ride? Yeah, this is this 20 is, in a row. You're gonna I would do the teapot 20 times oh. in a row. And I'm gonna throw this, I'm gonna throw this back on you. As you know, I may have dabbled in professional athletics in my life. Yeah, a little bit. I cannot go on a merry-go-round, any carnival rides, the zipper, the, 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 you know, whatever, anything that spins and turns and what, I, and all my friends could, and I, I never could, and I, I didn't understand why I would get sick, violently sick, throwing up out, like gravy fries out my nose, sick. Asked my doctor once, I said, why can't I ride carnival rides? And he said, professional athletes, some of them have such insane hand-eye coordination that their body processes every move and it throws their equilibrium off. That is correct. I, I've been since I was a little boy. When I spin around, we used to have this wooden lean leanable, the the wooden chairs that lean and spin around. And when I was a kid, we used to spin. And yes. they spent me too much. And I have been Mr. Queasy ever since. I cannot do anything. You got, I, you got them bad guts. I get, no, he doesn't have bad guts. It's because you have ridiculous hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like the way I spun it. Yeah. Let's go. So, so which one? So you, so you are eliminating the teapot ride, correct? No, no. I would. That's one I would ride twenty times in a row. Doesn't they go around and around? That goes like, around and around. Yeah. yeah there's it's the little kid one right it's just like i've been there multiple times yeah. i don't never get on that one i think that was like the worst one i, I mean ever. the kids say oh dad you scared yeah yeah so okay i can't here's why i can't do space mountain though because i'm not the tallest dude but you can see the bars in there mm -hmm. and it's pretty scary yeah but i can't do small world 20 times in a row. I can give you two. L your late night go-to snack. Ramen noodles out of the pan, not even putting it in a bowl, underneath a towel, ramen, chicken flavored ramen noodles. Mm. I'm judging. Why are you judging? <laughs> Why are you judging? I eat it now just because I ate it so much as a kid that I just, I, I can't do it. But back in the day, like you do the, you gotta do a stovetop though. Stovetop ramen noodles, you put the pack, and then sometimes you get a little risky. You make chicken and the beef. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that the old school, just the regular classic chicken ramen noodles, not all the crazy ones they have now, but the old school ones where you had to boil them in the water and then add the packet sauce in it. And I always drain 
most of the water out and, and ate it that way. I didn't make mine as a soup. You know what I do love, though? Cup of noodle. Yeah. Pretty much same thing. Same what? thing? What do you mean you're going to judge me on my ramen? Yours is just easy because you just add the hot water to it. I think it tastes better. Shrimp. I like the shrimp one. That shrimp was always whack, though. It was chicken, chicken and flavored one. <laughs> That's fine. My mouth likes it. Pulse. <laughs> Strong too. Wow. Wow. Get it a dry. Hold on a second. Why are you judging me? Because it's my show and I can. It's my time to get back at you. I'm really not. I just love to just say it because it, it just felt good, Jill. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, I'm not really. It was, I didn't know what you were going to say. It was just fun to it was just fun to have you on here and, and, and rage a little bit because of how much you give me such a hard time. Like, Listen, here's the thing. Let me clarify something. I don't give you a hard time. I I have to don't make, I have to manage your ego. No. When I say she gives me a hard time, what our first couple of sessions. Like, if I didn't have the confidence that I had in myself, she would have crushed me. <laughs> Don't scare people. I mean. session like, would you? Well, I took, she was like, well, I want you to write stuff down. And I'm like, I am. Mm -hmm. I was writing it down. And what she tells me is, is unbelievable. It makes me think, right? Because Thank I didn't you. go to school to be, to, to do communications. Yeah, I, didn't journalism go, and I didn't go to school for that. Didn't even think I'd be doing it today. Right. And so there are some technical things that I, if you have not been schooled on it, you don't know. Now you learn them. Yeah. But you, you were starting from scratch. Yeah, I was start from scratch, like box and milk or, or, or water. That's how scratch it was, like literally just baby steps. She went in like a true athlete a tr and just went in full go. And it took me back a little bit because... I wasn't expecting, you know, a, a, I was expecting her to be, to be honest, a little bit gentler. And she was, we go up and she turns on the film. So we're Skyping it. And the whole time I'm like, why am I Skyping this person? Mm -hmm. and, and, and my agent, Hey, I think you really like this. She's really good. And I'm kind of like, uh, cause I had someone before and we were doing some stuff and I'm like, you, you can wait. You're trying to be too, just coach me. Yeah. And so it didn't really work because they were, the way they were doing things, that was their style. I picked up some things that I can use and then some other things, like, yeah, whatever. Well, with Jill, the first session, she was just so on me. And then she, so we Skype and she's playing back my film. And as she's playing it back, what are you thinking on this, Steve? Oh, and I'm kind of like, well, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's what I wanted to say. I don't remember what I was thinking in two months ago. Yeah. Hell, I barely remember. I mean, you, unless I write it down, I'm not going, well, last Thursday I had tuna. And the week before that I had, I don't know. I, my belly knows what we had. Was it healthy or unhealthy? So she's winding it, rewinding it. What were you thinking on this? What were you trying to spit out? Spit it out, man. Like she just hit me and I was wow. Like, wow. I don't really think that those were my words. That, that's how I felt you were saying it, right? Yeah. And here's why. Here's why. You're an athlete. And, <laughs> and, and when you played, what was the easiest way for you 
to go see what you were doing right or wrong on the field. You had to go sit in, in film, right? Yes. Yeah, and you broke down tape. And so what I have to do with somebody like you, who is a huge personality on TV, works for a huge network, but has that athlete mentality, is I now have to adjust and say, all right, how can I break this down frame by frame for him so that not only that he gets it, he gets it and takes it back to the field and goes and does it better. Yeah, I get it. It just wasn't. I, mean, I, I appreciate you today and then at the moment. <laughs> no, it's it, a little back because first of all, I you weren't expecting probably that from. It had nothing to do with your sport that you did or didn't play, and it had nothing to do with your sex. Even if I hadn't played the sport, but it's like I'm coming at you. You listen. There's nobody that knows a game of football more than you. You are the expert. You know, hands down, so much about the game that what my job is, is to get it out of you. And I had to establish in that very first session how it was going to be so that you trusted me. So what did you see in Steve as an analyst from that, from that very initial session? I think he can actually be one of the best ever on television. And I told his agent that. I said he has all of the tools to be literally not just another oh nfl guy going to the boat right we we've seen that a million that song's been played a million times but hands down the personality the the intelligence the the knowledge on the game but also how he encompasses his everyday life and what he does in preparation with his families, his charities, his things, when you have that more of a, a soulful approach to everyday life, you can put that into your work. And when I met him, I mean, I knew it was, I, I knew who he was. I, I knew just the peripheral, but when in that first session, when we started talking and I started to get right off the bat, kind of what he was made of, I was like, oh man, I can, I can make this guy a star. Not that he wasn't already, but it, I was like, I could, if he listens and he trusts, I can make him so much better on TV that people are going to want him. And, um, and, and we're doing that. I, I think clearly the, the proof's in the pudding. But yeah, no, he, I think he can be one of the best ever on television. Well, that, my dude, is why she was hard on you. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. We have to take a break, and more than anything, we got to pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You got checked. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media, too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr., what about online? And you can follow us at cuttoitpodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cuttoitpodcast.com. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know, I have to give you credit. There is, There were some things inside of me that I didn't know it was there. And so about while I continue to work with you, it has improved my on-camera presence, but more it has allowed me to be okay with the uniqueness of how I think. And that's why this podcast is where it is today is because of uh, the great team I have around me, but also people uh, like you, like KB that's in my life that has said, hey, you can be you, Mm -hmm. you know, just harness it a different way. Yeah, This is the opportunity to do that is dive deeper into who people are, um, yeah. what they, what, what are they made of? Right. And so uh, that's what we want to know about you, Jill. Okay. Uh, who was your childhood sports team growing up? My childhood sports team growing up were the Celtics and Notre Dame. Hmm. Uh, why? Irish why? Catholic family. Uh, I grew up in an Irish Catholic family, you know, blue collar, working class, Montana. Um, You know, we grew up, we didn't grow up with a lot. I mean, it was, you know, contrary to popular belief, I wasn't born with a whole set of silver flatware in my mouth. Um, Mm. But we, we just grounded out. And, And when you're growing up and you don't have a lot of money, you you appreciate the things that you you can watch or that you can see and being able to watch those teams on TV. It was a treat. You know, now we have so much, there's just so much access to everything. It's just overload. But when I was a kid, it's like, man, we could watch the old Lakers Celtics series. Come on. It, to me, it just doesn't get any better than that. And I, you know, I'm an Irish kid and you, you learn to really appreciate and live your roots. And so it was the Celtics and Notre Dame football. Um, and the fact that I didn't go to Notre Dame broke my mother's heart, but uh, Notre Dame's track and field team, no, no disrespect to them. It's an incredible institution, but I, I, the PAC 10 at the time 
was the best uh, track and field conference out there. So I, I, I didn't go to Notre Dame. You said you didn't grow up with a lot. Mm, yeah, with, with not a lot at all. What is Jill Montgomery's journey or definition of a lot? Because there are people listening and there are people in studio who not a lot varies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be, and that's a, that's a great point. It's a great question. Um, you know, we grew up in, in, I grew up in low income housing. My parents, my parents were divorced. Um, we'd spend the school years with my mom, summers with my dad. Um, but my mom was a, a nurse raising three kids and, and we lived on what, what, most people called, at least in Montana, you know, the wrong side of the tracks. It was low-income housing. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of extra. There wasn't, you know, cars at 15 and and you know, new school clothes every year and stuff like that. It was, you know, my mom would work and we would come home from school and make a snack, which would have been maybe a bowl of cereal or something, and then she'd come home and we'd have a very simple dinner and there was times when birthday parties didn't have cake birthday parties didn't have anything but my sisters and a birthday card mm. um and you really learn to appreciate the things around you you know going outside and we played in irrigation ditches we played in fields we played in trees um there was you know there just there wasn't brand new bikes at Christmas and things like that, that kids have, and that I think a lot of people take for granted, but that was my definition of not a lot. Growing up in low income housing and you have your neighbor kids that you play with and your sisters and, you know, my mom worked her ass off and my dad was retired military. Um, and, and growing up that way, I got to tell you, looking back, I wouldn't have done anything different because man, did it make me tough. Mm. It made me a survivor and it made me learn how to no matter how many times stuff didn't go my way or I got knocked down and I was an athlete and I would lose or I wanted to be the best. I just came back with just relentless pursuit. And, and it's because I grew up that way. I think if I would have grown up in a, you know, both parents married, both parents working, cars at 15, you know, what, what, what would be equivalent to Wi-Fi nowadays back then, I wouldn't have had the, the path that I had. Mm. Yeah. I, feel, I feel the same way. It softens you up. Yep. You know, I, I think our kids, and I'm saying my kids, but I think our kids, especially in this pandemic, there are kids who are looking at this pandemic as the worst thing in, in, in known to mankind, and it is pretty bad. Yeah. There are also a generation to this day right now that they can stand up 10 years from now and say, we are the generation that came through a pandemic. We are a generation that we have succeeded and been through a lot and we come up out of this better and stronger. But instead, suicide rate is up. Alcoholism is up. Domestic violence is up. up. There's a ton of things that are up, but you know what isn't up? Our ability to check in with each other. Right. Have uh, conversations. Have conversations have conversations not be transactional and we're still operating in the Instagram transaction, the, mm-hmm. the TikTok likes, the, 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 the Snapchat stuff. And, and this generation is all about exposing, all about tattletelling, but none of it is really about building people up. None of it is yeah. le- leaving 
the, the spaghetti, the leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. Spaghetti and chili are so much better days after. Yeah. And next day, yes. But the generations want, they want it hot, spicy right now. But you got to let, you got to let that, those seasons <laughs> get, get up in there and sit and chill and go in room temperature, out of room temperature, freeze and all that stuff. But these kids don't want that. They want it today, right now. Yeah. And that's what I think growing up in the generation that we grew up in without the technology that we have. And technology has been a huge part of this, but the, the access mm-hmm. for me is nobody needs the, the amount of access that we have right now. And, and, and Steve, you know this just as well as I do. And, and fellas, you probably do too. You can't go anywhere where someone's not going to have a camera on you. And you yeah. can't go and, and hang out with your boys in a bar, shoot the shit and be talking about what you want to talk about in the manner that you want to talk about it with not somebody having a cell phone camera on you catching it. And then it ends up on sports center or Twitter or something going viral. The access that we have to everything I think has made our children nowadays, they have no social graces. They have no idea how to communicate. I mean, when we grew up, we were, my father was in the military and he, the manners, table manners are huge in our family. And we were, we didn't have a lot, but what we did have were manners, morals, and boy, you lived by the golden rule. And you treated every single person that you came across the way that you wanted to be treated. And if you didn't, you got your ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Yes. Them free ones, man. <laughs> and, and, and you could get a community one, too. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like my cousin yes my aunt pauline could give me a whooping like you got free reign like mm-hmm. it really was i think what we're all saying is it was a village yeah. there ain't no village mentality anymore like remember back in the day if you wanted to go play with your boy you wanted to go play with your best friend or your girlfriend you had to go and knock oh, on the door yeah. on the door yeah, yeah. is me here <laughs> can you come out and play yeah, yeah. And you gave us so much about your your upbringing and growing up in Montana. How did that shape your perspective on how you see the world today? It has shaped my perspective on how I see the world as the the limits for me as a person don't exist. Um, I can do anything. I can help anybody do anything. And I want other people to have that perspective of cut out the media cut out you know the technology that the the things we see on the news the things we're being fed and go into what you have in your heart in your soul in your mind and you can go and you can achieve anything some my parents they they called it a jillism if they wanted me to do something they would tell me i couldn't do it they're like yeah i bet you can't do that because they knew that once I got challenged, like you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. And, and that, so, so growing up in Montana and having that very kind of salt of the earth and the people that are there are salt of the earth. Montana is amazing. And you, you, you look at it as, wow, there's no ceiling on what I can do. And I just took that ball and ran with it in every facet of my life. I think we skipped over. Something, but, you know, just kind of tell us, you know, where are you from in a place you call your hometown? So I, it's a little town called Anaconda, Montana. Anaconda? Yeah, Anaconda like the snake. Yes. I was born in a mining town called Butte, which is 20 miles from Anaconda. 
I, I grew up in Anaconda through just like the first or second grade. My parents had divorced and then I moved to Billings, Montana, which is kind of on the kind of more central eastern side of the state and lived the school years with my mother. And then I would go back and I'd live the summers with my father in Anaconda. So when we, when we grew up, Anaconda's home. When I go home, it's Anaconda. My, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents were there before they died. Um, my childhood friends, the, the little neighbor kids, the Sturgars were always there. Um, and so when I go home, I go there and then also Missoula because we'd spend a lot of time in Missoula. But, you know, it was a mining town. It was a, a small blue collar mining town. Now it's a retirement town. It's a ghost town. Um, but it was, again, it was nothing but outdoor activities. Kick the can. We'd go on hikes. We'd play hot box. I played softball. I always played with the boys. I mean, I had a couple of female friends, but I was one of the boys growing up. And, and I was, you know, I was a little... I was a rat. What sports did you fall in love with other than hot box? <laughs> I grew up playing softball and I grew up playing basketball. And then I, I ran track. Okay. But I actually was, I was better in basketball than I was running track, but I didn't go to school on a basketball scholarship. I chose track instead. What was so intriguing for you in track? I could go a lot further, I felt. Um, you know, the WNBA wasn't super huge back in my day. Um, and, and I had some very nice scholarship offers to some very big schools for basketball. Um, but I, I knew that track being a little more all year round and the different areas and platforms I could go compete at, at even at my age, I knew I could compete at a higher level um, and I could go further. So I chose track. All right, finish, finish this sentence then. Being a female college athlete in the late 90s was? Oh, wow, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice little statement. Was life-shaping. It allowed me to unlock other avenues of exposure for myself to journey into other fields of not just athletics, but learning how to relationship build, um, cultivate those relationships into business relationships, uh, which I still use to this day. Um, and it, it, it just gave me a springboard into the next level of my life. Hmm. Why do you think sports has that effect on individuals? We just had a conversation about this last week. Uh, how sports can shape you way past just how you perform on the field, on the track, how much it builds no, life. You, you you dance around it. Let's just cut to the chase. I said that you can tell, you can, you, you know who's an athlete, who isn't, mm -hmm. based on how they deal with criticism, or, you know, controversy or just you know, uh, um, evaluation. Like in a business world, you could tell who is or isn't a athlete that played beyond the seventh or eighth grade. 100%. And that's because you have, a, you have a layer of skin on you that cannot be penetrated. You have thick skin that, that it's like, 
you can't talk to athletes the way we were talked to back in the day now because everybody gets offended and everybody has this you have to you have to you know coddle and do this stuff uh uh it we were we were brought up in an era that you did your job no matter what it was at all costs and how you got better was to grit it out there was no shortcomings and the relationships that you built with your teammates when you're going through the trenches with somebody and and you know they're hurting and 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 experiencing success and doubts and all the things that we go through as athletes and second guessing and questioning if we're we should be there or shouldn't be there or how good we possibly are and oh my god do i deserve this and not being able to handle prosperity you learn how to harness all that and you got a crew around you that's going through the same stuff yeah you bet your ass you're going to be tough and you can take a lot of criticism and you have i think discipline and responsibility moving forward in life that most people don't have preach girl preach <laughs> So I, I did a little bit of research. Uh -oh. Now, track at Kansas State mm -hmm. is the is formerly the Big Eight, <gasps> but now it's the Big Ten. Ooh, well, I thought you were going to come with a question. If you knew this, I was going to be really shocked. Oh, well, what's the fun fact? Yeah, Never mind. He didn't do his homework. Oh, no. Go ahead, finish your thought, and then I'll tell you. No, I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that balloon just got deflated. Yeah. No, no. What was so amazing about uh, the Big Eight then that I think some of it is not as challenging. There's one or two guys, but I mean, they 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 were every team had a had their 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 guy or girl. Mm -hmm. There was no sense of entitlement um, mm. back then, and and that's the thing that I see now as a as a broadcaster, you know, calling the the world's best track. Um, is when we grew up in the big eight and, and my last year was the very last year of the big eight. And that's what I thought you had this nugget. I was actually the very last big eight champion. Wow. Well, I did see that, that you were, and then it went to the big, the big 12, but my, we didn't have what our coach said goes. There was no questioning him. There was no getting out of practice. There was no, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm having, um, you know, issues at, with my boyfriend or I, you know, I, I need to study for this. It was, you get your, you get all of your stuff done before you came to practice. And if you didn't have it done, I mean, we had study table, all that stuff. There was no sense of entitlement. You showed up, you did your work and you competed your guts out. And now what I see is I had a conversation with my coach the other night. I still talk to my college coach. I talk to that man probably twice a month. And, wow. and yeah, he is, he is one of the biggest members on what I call my board of directors in my life. I call him about everything. And I was having a conversation with him about just, you know, the things of how COVID affected last year and now the scholarships that are going to happen and all this stuff and, and the entitlement that athletes, collegiate athletes that I see have that they just think it's automatic. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to school and everything's going to be taken care of. And I really don't have to do as much work to where in when I competed in college, there, there was none of that. There, there was absolutely none of it. So 
it made us just grittier, I think. It made us tougher. Now the talent level is a lot higher now. The talent level is insane now at collegiate athletics. It's, you don't have one superstar on a team. You've got 20. And you look mm. at teams now, especially in track and field, it's not like, oh, there's one 200 meter runner that's a stud. Every single event now is three and four deep with athletes that can run at the world level. So the talent level is so much higher now. However, that's been built over the last 30 years because of the access that younger athletes now had to better coaches, better nutrition, all the technology, all of the recovery stuff. We didn't have that. I mean, Steve, you know, when you, you, you go back to your, your playing days before the NFL and you got done off the practice field, you didn't have cryotherapy. You went and sat your ass in an ice tub that was 35 degrees and it was steel and it sucked. That's what we had. When I go back to my college now, these guys, the nutritionists, and they have a whole facility where each individual player has his favorite smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> and when they're coming off, his meal replacer smoothie. Uh-uh. Now, my problem is I'm, I'm paying alumni. Your ass can't catch, though. You got this. <laughs> but you have a smoothie. Right? And so it's, it's amazing that all the technology and all the things have advanced. It, they have advanced, but it's still about the X's and O's. Right. Yeah. right. At the end of the day, it's like if you don't perform, none of that stuff matters. But it, again, it, going back to the same concept, the way I grew up, man, we grew up tough. We grew up having to be the person that made the difference in our own lives. We didn't have a plethora of team around us that coddled us, cared for us, and they were like, rub some damn dirt on it and get your ass back out there. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue with its powerful, DC turbo engine? Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. How did you get into broadcasting? I knew I always wanted to be a sports broadcaster, but when I came out of college, um, I knew I was going to compete post-grad. I ran for Nike for five years and I stayed at Kansas State and trained with my collegiate coach. But when I left all of that and I retired as a professional athlete, I, I moved to LA because I, I, I never had a life. I, I was always representing somebody or some institution, right? So we didn't get to be jerks. We couldn't go to quarter beer night on a Tuesday. We didn't get spring break. We didn't get any of that. I never had any of that growing up because I was always in athletics. And so I decided, all right, listen, I know I want to be a sports broadcaster, but let me go be as ratchet as I can before I decide to settle down and go to work. Cause I knew the second I decided I was going to go into broadcasting, I had to eat, sleep and drink it, but I wanted to party. I wanted to travel. I wanted to, so I, I moved to LA and I took a job as a personal trainer and partied my ass off. And I, and I didn't have to worry about getting into trouble. And, and let me tell you something, my first couple of years in LA, I enjoyed them to the hilt. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then I decided at the age of 36 that it was time to start this career because in sports broadcasting is not a job. Steve, you know, this, this isn't a job. This is a career. I had a lot of different, what I considered jobs. I was a, I was an agent. I was a manager. I, I had my own fitness company, but I knew that sports broadcasting was what I wanted to be long-term and be the best at I, I, I just, I did all the other stuff to build up to this. And, and so I decided at 36 um, that it was time and I was going to eat, sleep and drink it because that athlete mentality, you, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it th- that way. And I hired a talent development coach. <laughs> I hired a me now. I mean, it, it, his name was Lou Riggs. God rest his soul. He was a, a broadcaster way back in the day and he taught a sports broadcasting class at Santa Monica college. And, um, he actually developed quite a few people that are on TV still today. And, um, I, I hired him and the guy kicked my ass week in and week out. I took the class one summer. And then when I decided to be a broadcaster, you know, we didn't, there was no FaceTime. There was no, there was no zoom. There was none of this. And so I had to drive out to his house in Simi Valley with my DVD that I cut myself in an editing bay and he would rip me apart every week until I got my gig at ESPN. And then he just recorded my, my games and, and I'd still drive out there and sit in his living room and he ripped me apart. Now I see how it came back full circle. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> She's teaching out of old wounds. Cycle continues. Cycle continues. <laughs> I'll tell you, I I would have never, ever thought that I would have my company now and do what I'm doing and knowing that it stemmed from that. But it was because people ask me, they're like, well, how did how 
you were so old when you started. And I was, I mean, shit, I was 36. And people are like, wait, what? Like, you're going to go be a broadcaster? Like, you don't, did you have broadcast journalism as a major? No, I didn't have any of that background. No, I, nothing. I was as raw as they came. And they're like, you're too old. You're not going to, I'm like, watch. And, and I went to him relentlessly. And I say this to this day. Um, I'm going in my 11th year at ESPN as a track and field analyst, and there is no way in hell I would be where I'm at had it not been for Lou Riggs. How is the broadcasting business towards females, whether it's young? Um, it can be brutal. You, you said by your words that you were old. Mm-hmm. I was but you're reporting about men or women performance. You don't have to be a certain age to just report the news. Do you? There's, there's ageism in, I'm sure not just this industry, but many industries, but ageism is something that exists. Let's look at what's on television right now. Right. You, you see younger, more attractive men and women than you see old stodgy whatever it, it, they, it and that's what i'm saying is at, at the age of 36 starting this it i was told it was going to be an uphill battle because i was 36 not 26. how did that information impact you it fueled me because i was like watch this i'm gonna prove you wrong there was a guy at fox that sat me in his office and told me that I was starting this so late in my life and that um, I didn't have enough experience and I didn't go to broadcast journalism school. So I really had an uphill battle and I probably should rethink if I really wanted to do this. Hmm. Already trying to talk you out of it. And, and he, and he was condescending about it. I'm not going to name who it is. What was so funny is that years later, Hmm. a member of his family, was my runner on a network broadcast oh. and he showed up and had told me uh you know year a couple years after that had said oh once i got hired by nbc to do all the track and everything he brought me i went in because i wanted this i wanted this specific job and and i went back a couple years later to try to get it again and he's like oh well what you've accomplished in the last 18 months is just an incredible feat and it was just so misogynistic. And I looked right at him and I said, I told you I was going to be back here. I said, it's not an incredible feat. I said, it's exactly what I told you I was gonna do. And, I, and then years later, a member of his family was my runner and he came out onto the track and was in, you know, a, I was trying to work and he was trying to talk to me and I said, if you don't mind, I, I actually don't know how you got out here because you don't have a credential and I'm going to need you to leave. Mm. And then you made his family member go get you coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I know I, it was, it was, I was very nice to the family member, but it was just funny how he treated me in the beginning. And then once he lost his job, and was no longer in that position, how he tried to act towards me on the back end. And this is something that I tell 
every single one of my clients, and you've heard this out of my mouth, Steve, is I tell everybody, you be nice to everybody. Every single person you work with, your A2s, people that pull cable, people that do your makeup, people that bring you coffee, whatever it is, you be nice to every single person that you see on your way up because you're going to see them on the way down. Wow. That's great advice. I, I hold on to it. Yeah. No, you do. You, you always do a great job with it. I'm not blowing smoke, but you I respect you every do. single person I'm on set with all yeah. the time. Jim, will you give will you give us an old shit moment in your broadcasting career? Yes, uh, I will never forget this. It was Purdue at Ohio State. In 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 track football? No, men's basketball, men's basketball. Purdue, Purdue, Ohio State, men's basketball, Super Tuesday, prime time. I'm on the broadcast with Dave O'Brien and Dick Vital. I I had I had talked to the SID that I was going to take Purdue's head coach Matt Painter at half, and I said, "What tunnel are you coming out of?" And he pointed to this to the the tunnel on one side. Well, where I was sitting, you go position yourself with like a minute left in the half in the corner so you can grab the coach as he's coming off. It was the exact opposite corner of the arena. I am I am diagonal across the court and I the horn goes off and they start walking just to the opposite tunnel. You see the wide shot. If you can find this game, you see the wide shot of the court and you see me in stilettos sprint kitty corner across the entire court and I grab Coach Painter right as he's stepping off of the of the um, little cement thing. And he didn't know he was getting interviewed. So I don't know if the SID dropped the ball or not. And I grabbed him. I go, coach, right as Dave O'Brien's tossing to me. And he turns down and goes, damn it, Jill, you got to tell me you're going to interview me. And Dave goes, and Jill's with Coach Painter. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like coach. And I thought, of the, I thought of a tight question, but I was so rattled. And he screamed at me. Now, the screen, he didn't scream at me. I wasn't on tape. But the timing of Dave tossing it to me and Matt yelling at me, I, sat there and I was like, oh, <laughs> but I, I finished the interview. I, I conducted it. It was tight. It was clean. But it, it was it was a that was a very big O moment. Jill, our last segment is called the deep three. And they're just three questions where we allow our guests to just go to a deeper level. So Smitty, give her the first question. Jill, you 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 run track gymnastics, basketball, you, you've been around football, track and field. You have covered everything. If I can give you a mulligan in your professional life, what would you re-tee up? Uh, wow. I would re-tee up my collegiate athletic career and I wouldn't take it as serious as I did. Mm. I would have enjoyed it better instead of constantly criticizing myself. I just would have let up and not have taken it so serious. So that internal dialogue was, was fierce. Mm -hmm. It was. I think it inhibited me from being even more successful as an athlete. Um, however, on the flip side of it, 
because it did happen and I could reflect on it when I walked away from the sport, it set me up to be more successful in life in the, in the adventures that came in, in front of me because I, I lightened up. What's a milestone in your career that you'd like to achieve? <laughs> I want to be the head of talent development at a network. So question 2A, what's a milestone in your personal life you'd like to achieve? I, I, you know, I, I would like to be looked at as somebody that has been a huge influence um, for others. I, I think that just when people talk about me, I think the milestone would be, you know, she she really, really was an influence in my life. She helped me. She, I, I think that would be a huge milestone for me is just to be looked at as that type of a relevant figure. That's awesome. What your parents, both of your parents have instilled in you, what you guys uh, dealt with, obviously with the divorce and what, and how they, they each spent their time parenting you and your siblings. Quality of life that you are going to come up against people that have more money than you, are more successful than you, are more famous than you, have things that you don't have. And on the flip side of that, you're going to come up against people that don't have what you have and have struggles and need help. And, and no matter what, the quality of life is, 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 is the golden rule. And you treat people the way that you want to be treated regardless of what they have or they don't have, that everybody's quality of life needs to be respected. That's awesome. Can I, can I finish the question now? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what your parents have instilled in you and how they did it, what do you think they will say about Jill Montgomery today? Um... That, that I did it my way. They call it Jillisms. Mm -hmm. I never, I always danced to the beat of my own drum. I never got married. I never had kids. I didn't do what my sisters did. I never did what the, the norm did. And, and I think that they knew that I was always going to be different. And no matter what I did, no matter what I said I was going to do, I did it my way. It's been an honor and privilege, especially for me, because G Gerard has been, we've been in an office and Gerard has heard, I've had to close the door, mm -hmm. has heard. You, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a couple of sessions. You, you heard a couple of sessions. He's like, bro. She wasn't lying at all. It, like, he, she, all of this is authentic. He's like, who is talking to you like that? Right. <laughs> you have allowed me to sharpen my craft and really, and really look at this as a craft. Appreciate it. Girl, bye guys. Love y'all. Thank you so much. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. 
is a production of Cut To It, LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.